Here we go. Good morning. This is Tom Clark, Papa Tom, with the Father's Heart Podcasts. We thank you very much for joining us today. I have a very special guest named Massey Campos, and in a moment he'll explain um, uh, his background. Uh, and I also want to tell our audience that we have a new website called thefathersheartmedia.com. And uh, a new marketing uh, person who has formerly has helped uh, Charisma Magazine with their marketing uh, was forwarded to me, recommended to me, and I've started working with him. So when you see new, new marketing we're going to be doing under the Father's Heart Media, which includes the podcasts, the blogs, the articles in Charisma Magazine, as well as Papa Tom's Tales, with the newest book coming out any day now, Luke the Lightbearer Defeats the Spirit of Confusion, which is about the subject of transgender. Well, by way of introduction, I met Massey Campos at a homeschooling convention in Jacksonville, Florida. What was that, about three weeks ago, Massey? About that, yeah. It's almost three weeks. It's crazy. That's crazy how time goes. And he and I hit it off, and we're, uh, I think, on the same page on a lot of things. And... With that in mind and that introduction and our conversation, I asked Massey if he would do a podcast with us, and he very graciously accepted that. So he does podcasts himself, by the way, and he's going to explain uh, his company, his organization, and what he does for a living and his podcast. So that'll get some airtime as well through our audience here. And uh, with that, by way of that, let me introduce you to Massey Campus. Massey, tell us, our audience, who you are, your background, and... uh, uh, something about you and your organization. Well, Tom, first, I'm honored to be here, man. It wasn't a hard, it wasn't a hard choice. You know, like you said, we hit it off at the convention. It was great. Um, so we have a ministry called self-evident ministry, uh, that's been traveling for the last seven years. And we've been going to like public high schools, colleges, parochial schools, uh, homeschool conventions, churches, wherever we can talking about the biblical view of government. Mm-hmm. People get that confused with getting involved in politics. I'm not a right or left. I'm not any of that stuff. Uh, I really believe the Constitution holds value. And we need to hold that in, in high esteem as long as the word of God and, and, and the word of God is so so much higher than man's law that we have to hold that in high esteem. And so what we're seeing in politics and government today, they don't ascribe to any of that. Constitution doesn't even get talked about. The word of God doesn't even get talked about. And when it does, it's skewed. Right. And so we have a we have a podcast that we do live every Sunday night. We do a lot of news bits as well. It's called Self-Evident Podcast that we do. The reason why is because I became an assistant pastor of a church. I'm, I'm here right now. It's called Revive Church in Stewart, Florida. And I can't shut up. So I couldn't travel as much as I used to. So we figured let's do a podcast. And that's what we've been doing, um, which is really cool. We've been really... The, the message and the, the messaging of what we're doing is is more geared towards uh, people wanting education on what government does mm-hmm. and why biblically there's a certain way to do government like mm-hmm. Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, Titus 3, Exodus 18, uh, Isaiah 33, different chapters in scripture talking about government. And so we wanted to bring that to the forefront and how our father, our founding fathers use that to develop this nation. Right. So we have the freest land in the nation, and here we are, man. That's that's what we're doing is bringing hope to a, to a nation too. So. so I remember when we were at the convention, the homeschooling convention, you reminded me, I'm reflecting on part of our conversation, and we talked about how God loves government, but he hates politics. He sure does. <laughs> so, Man creates politics. Right. God creates government. So, right. And that in Isaiah 43, it describes God himself says that the three branches of government, which our founding fathers founded us on, that he is the lawgiver. Right? That's right. He's the judge. 
and he's also <laughs> the king, which means he's the executive. So the three That's branches right. of government of the uh, the executive branch, meaning the king, the judicial branch, meaning the Supreme Court, and the third one was the lawgiver, it's the legislative branch. So he That's functions right. in government in those three branches in which our founding fathers had established our country in that way. And the reason, why was the reason, I'll ask you an opening question, why was the reason why you were at the homeschooling convention? Why well, speak there, each convention we do there, we speak about six or seven times on different topics. The topics range from abortion is still illegal, the Supreme Court cannot make law. There's one that I do called God Shed His Grace on Us, which we did a message on uh, about two months ago that uh, basically talks about the miracles of the founding, how the Spirit of God was in the founding, and the, the 1,400 government days of prayer and fasting and repentance for our nation that nobody ever talks about. Mm -hmm. um, we do classes on separation of church and state. Um, uh, uh, here's a, another one on socialism versus Christianity. Is Jesus a socialist? We get that question a lot. So we've been really exposing a lot of the stuff and people's, their eyes are awakened. You know, yeah. I, I just read a piece from someone yesterday who is a prominent worship leader, a very popular worship leader saying it, you can be a Christian and be a Democrat because Democrats align with the word of God. And I'm thinking what, you know, killing babies and all these things, not, not the case. And so, um, we have to bring truth to a nation that needs it extremely well i was so happy to see you there because uh, i have my audience knows i have six children and 11 grandchildren actually 15 four of them are in heaven already 11 on earth but the uh six children i have they're all turning from the public schools and they're turning towards homeschooling that's one of the reasons why i was at the homeschooling convention the other was was to offer my books papa tom's tales but that aside one of the things that struck me when i found you there was you really were involved in basically the concept of education. You were 100%. you want to educate people about government. You want to educate people what's happening. And you want to educate people about what they can do about it. And that's why that's we're right. here at this podcast right now. That's right. And so right now we have a curriculum called Government Versus God. It's a four-week study on four different topics that I found. We're like the, I love apologetics. I've always been an apologetics freak. I love knowing scripture. But this is an apologetics on government and scripture. Well, don't and, apologize and, for bringing up scripture. Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. And so we got that. And then by January, we'll have a 15-week constitution course being done as well. And I'm working on a book uh, called Church Liberated, Giving Churches Hope. That they can not, they don't have to obey unconstitutional dictates because that's not and benjamin franklin's original seal for america was resistance to tyrants is obedience to god and they took that from romans when paul was saying no i ought to obey god rather than man if man is starting to tell us we can't preach we can't meet in churches how do we fix that what do we do so we're really trying to engage the church as well you know to, right. to the pastors can do it if they're united you know, but you mentioned this. Do you, I, I had not asked you this question before. So this is going to be fresh. But have you ever heard of Hillsdale College out of Michigan? Absolutely. Okay. Fantastic group. Um, took their class. I really like their their constitution course. I've taken many just because I like learning what people know and mm -hmm. things I don't understand. Right. I'm still young. I'm 40 years old. I don't know everything yet. So I'm always studying mm -hmm. and trying to do that. Um, the only thing that was different about what we were doing that they were doing was they're talking about law, but we bring in the spirit of God and scripture and say, look, this is what the founders and their personal walks believed. We also talk about the, the, the terrible things that happened around the founding, slavery, all those things, and how we need to talk about that. Let's get real. But these weren't perfect men, just like we are right now. And mm -hmm. our kids one day will judge us 200 years later saying, why did they allow abortion? 
Right. Why did they allow same-sex marriage? Why did they allow right. transgenderism? Sure. So we have to be careful about judging what happened 200 years ago because we don't agree with it. But right. what about now? You know, right. so it's easy to cast a stone at them and not at ourselves. You know. Well, I just hope and pray that they don't tear down my statue 200 years from now. They won't. They won't. They I don't won't have a statue yet. Uncle, Uncle Tom's Tales is good, though, brother. I just read it's my pop. son just turned eight. I've been, I've been reading it to him. Hey, look at this, buddy. It's talking about your, your identity in Jesus. And very cool book. I just want you to know. I've been reading it. My Great. boy loves it. Great. So, it's not Uncle Tom, by the way. I'm that, sorry, that, Papa Tom. Uncle that's Tom. that's another Papa book. <laughs> Uncle Tom is another book. It's Papa Tom. <laughs> Can we redo this? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just so happy you're reading it to your grandchild or your child. Anyway, Whoops. so you're too young to have grandchildren. But uh, right, 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 right. Anyway, um, so what the subject we talked about previously before we started this was a current event that's happening in our world right now and the ramification of that kind of thing um, sure. uh, to our audience. And it was specifically brought up was the issue of Afghanistan. And you had mm -hmm. uh, three aspects of what's happening in Afghanistan that you would like to share with our audience. So you, can, you, can you begin to introduce the first subject? First subject is obviously there's terror happening in Afghanistan. We need to be on our faces praying to God for their protection of the Christians out there, those who will be converted, um, and how a government now is being overrun by tyranny. We really need to be in prayer, obviously. So I want that to make that clear. We are in prayer for that country. We need to be in prayer for that country, especially for our brothers and sisters who are missionaries there, sure. uh, because they're doing a great work of the Lord, right? But one of the things that right away hit me was, this is what happens, and you would know your, your book, after years of being not having an identity in your in your uh, Papa Tom's book, mm -hmm. you begin to believe that lack of identity. You begin to believe that I don't really have that. And then Christ has to show us where identity is. After years of not teaching the Constitution and not understanding it, well, the founding or our, our current people will go to war and not go through Congress. So we unconstitutionally went to a war. We all knew at the beginning it was just it was an emotional decision. We understand that they attacked the Twin Towers. We have to go fight terror. We're seeing the effect of doing things on Constitution because there was really no plan that happened. And so the Constitution, and I'll give you hope in this in a minute, when we understand the law, we can hold our officials accountable. And this is why I keep saying, learn your state constitutions, learn your county charters, learn your city charters, mm -hmm. learn your federal constitution, because the states have more authority than the federal government do. And we're looking at the federal government as kind of like our dictator that shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Quite the opposite, actually, because we have our own governors and state legislatures uh, in our own states. Mm -hmm. And so the constitutionality of this was wrong to begin with. And we have to be careful because we can't keep disobeying law and expect good things to happen. Just like we can't keep disobeying scripture, it might not affect me now, but eventually it'll affect me in the future, my kids. And so that's the first point is understanding the law. Why do we have legislatures? Because the president and Congress can't make law. And so we got to make that right away. But the second point, I think you and I were really talking about this was it, this is such a distraction and be careful of the distraction that is happening with tyranny that's happening in the home front because we're seeing public schools right now de defying orders, especially here in Florida, from our governor saying we're not going to allow people putting mask mandates and vaccine mandates. Well, the, the school boards and things are just voting against it. It doesn't matter. We're going to do our own thing. And what's happening is we're seeing a big conglomerate of distraction from the vaccines not working. We're seeing that. Mm -hmm. they, they promised that it would work, but now they're not. And so 
all of a sudden, bam, Afghanistan's in our forefront. And everybody, including the Christian now, took their eyes off of this and went right to that. And so, but we still have this mess happening here in America where we have a president saying, I have the authority to make you get a vaccine, which is not the case. Um, and this is why I make an appeal on the Constitution. The government only has 20 specifically enumerated powers, and none of them is to make sure that your health is okay. Right. So we have to be careful and understand that and say, no, we're going to resist by our, our, uh, our peaceful noncompliance. I'm not complying with these things, not because I hate people, because I have liberty and freedom under God. So be careful of the distraction because it's easy. Um, and this has happened many times in scripture. Uh, Pharaoh, when he would get harder and harder on them, would give them more and more leeks. He'd give them more and more onions. Scripture says he would, he would take away the straw, but yet he would give them more food. And there was all these distractions. Like if there was something else going on over here, this would happen over here. Mm -hmm. King David is a prime example. You know, the, the giant's here, and, and the king is trying to keep their eyes off of, not the giant, we have to attack here. David's like, let's just go after the giant. You know, let's let's go here. But you could see government and, and the giant's lies were saying, I'm going to destroy you. You're done. You're mm -hmm. over with. It's over. We in this nation have to start claiming the promises of God in the midst of darkness. Mm -hmm. And be careful. And I know you had something to say about the distraction, but it's super distracting what's happening now, especially with the border crisis happening. Uh, president Joe Biden is getting older, which is my third point. False President and, Joe Biden. Huh? False President Joe Biden. There you go. But President Biden, I believe this is the third thing. And I'm going to speak kind of prophetically here. This is where I think this is going right now. Mm -hmm. They're going to show him as incompetent and use the 25th Amendment to remove him to get Kamala Harris in. I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious of that right now. I think that's what's happening is you're seeing the media kind of turn on President Biden a little bit. And I'm like, why, Lord? Why is that happening? Oh, I get it. Because it's easier to call him incompetent. He made he made a huge mistake. Everybody knows that this was gross error. I mean, this was terrible what they did. But now it's going to be like, well, see, he's probably just not fit to be president. We need to enact the 25th Amendment. He's not fit to be president. This is an easy road for Kamala Harris to get in there. And this is where we're at. And so there's a threefold thing going on here. Disobedience, distraction, and then a move. And, right. and that's where I'm kind of seeing things happen and unfold right now. Well, good. Um, our audience likes uh, prophetic things and uh, true prophetic things. Uh, one thing you mentioned earlier was the idea of identity. And uh, when you uh, don't follow your true identity, real bad things happen. The other thing is that our, the world doesn't like a vacuum. So when someone doesn't have a true identity, they fill it with a false identity. That's and when, right. And when you operate a false identity, oftentimes you introduce into your lives, and many, many millions of people, many Christians have even done this, when they introduce something false into their lives, sadly, those false uh, identities often are familiar spirits that mm -hmm. are, are false, and they act as if they're us, but they're not us at all. And we begin to act out of that. The second thing I wanted to mention was um, uh, back in June, I went to a conference called the Patriots, Patriots Arise Conference in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And I met a gentleman by the name of Dr. Paul Williams and also a Dr. Laura Sanger. Dr. Laura Sanger has been on our podcast twice. And she read a book about the, um, the roots of the Federal Reserve. And it's from the, uh, the Neph tracing the Nephilim from the um, uh, time of Noah through to uh, the present day Federal Reserve when it was established and even today. Um, but the point behind uh, her book, The Roots of the Federal Reserve, and Dr. Paul Weaver's book, what he did with a, 
a pastor down there in Florida in Tampa named Howard Rodney Brown uh, was um, killing of Uncle Sam and the killing of the planet. And both of those books, the killing books, the planet and uh, Uncle Sam have to do with uh, the globalist cabal and the interaction of the secret societies with the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and uh, starting with Cecil Rhodes, actually, and uh, merging together. And the Jesuits have a role to play in that as well from the Catholic side. Um, and they're all in cahoots with each other. And they're all trying, this has all been uh, the, um, how should I say, the current administration's policies are not stupid at all. They're just downright evil. They're, they're, right. they're evil and they're intentional. Everything that's happening on the border is evil and intentional. Everything that's happening in uh, Afghanistan is evil and intentional. Everything that has to do with the healthcare mandates is evil and intentional. Uh, it's all a grasp for power. It's all a grasp from, um, from the top down to have the federal government override the rights of the individual and to override the rights of the states. And as you correctly said, in the, in the um, founding fathers, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights was written with a specific purpose of restricting the power of the federal government and allowing the states and the individual, individual freedom to pursue life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and the states' rights were to be predominant over the federal government. But you can't run a totalitarian government from the state level. You can only run a totalitarian, whether you call it communistic, socialism, communism, that's the flavor of the month. What it basically is, is a totalitarian, even fascism, it's a totalitarian government. That's the objective. And it all comes from a spirit uh, of evil to try to control us and take our freedom away from us. And that's what's been happening in America. So when we say we don't follow the Constitution, I mean, I know many millions of people that do, the individual, the great unwashed among us, you and I, uh, as individuals, we follow the Constitution, but our leaders are not following the Constitution because our leaders are sucking up to the central bankers. The central bankers are blackmailing them and they're bribing them. They're giving them the script. Uh, Operation Mockingbird came out of the CIA, which is a intentional procedure where all the talking heads on all the media are told the same words every day to say, and they repeat them, and they're lies. They repeat the lies over and over again to basically uh, not only deceive us, to dupe us, to program us so that we get influenced, that we'll just go along with what's happening, which is the complete, uh, how should I say, uh, <coughs> destruction of our country, the complete uh, takeover of our country. Even communists, when we, say to, we talk about, you know, uh, China is being our biggest threat. Yeah, but who's behind China? The central bankers are behind China. How did China get control over all seven continents? Because the the central bankers realized that the totalitarian state of China, which is communist, obviously, the CCP, sure. is the best political mechanism for the, them to use to control the world. But they don't want necessarily China to do it. China is just a tool in the hands of the central bankers to uh, manipulate the entire world. That's why you go to South Africa right now or, or uh, the different continents, South America, Africa, and so on and so forth. There's Chinese all over the place. Why? And, and they, but they lent them money. Well, how did the Chinese get the money to lend? It came from the same central bankers. And a lot of it came 
to the sun. There were a lot of this is this is really gets crazy, but it was produced by our own Federal Reserve, and then from the Federal Reserve printing of dollars, the dollars went out to China, and then China took the dollars and distributed around the world, lent it out again to get people under their authority. That's why the as the scripture tells us, as everybody in our audience knows, the borrower is the slave to the lender. Chinese... 100%, I think, too. Let's let's add to that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. You look at things like uh, the Bill of Rights, for example. It's not a list of rights, necessarily. It's actually a document of thou shalt not against the federal government. So when you look at, think of the Ten Commandments. The, the Ten Commandments was written to a nation who, did, who was ignorant of God, mm -hmm. ignorant of his law. So he's like, okay, I'm going to put some rules down. Right. And unfortunately, they don't even listen to that much anymore uh, right, right now, if you're thinking about it. But it was basically telling the government, you can't do this. This is you can't touch these. You can't do this. With a whole uh, uh, communism, socialism side, um, the reason why they can get away with it now is because we've learned to think emotionally, not critically. Mm -hmm. And so what politicians know, every narcissist knows, knows this. We're actually going to be talking about this on our next podcast, narcissism. Um, but. Every narcissist knows this. You have to appeal to two basic instincts to win over people, fear and greed. So we scare the people with this virus and say, oh, my gosh, you got it. Instead of saying, no, you could die from it, which what is it? Ninety nine point six or seven percent survival rate. So we scare the masses into constant media barraging. And then you appeal to their greed by saying, we'll take care of you if you stay home. We'll send you money. We'll send you checks. Ben Frank, Benjamin Franklin once said, if, when the people find they can vote themselves money, that will bring an end to the Republic. And so he understood narcissism. The government was supposed to stay out of those decisions and let the States do it. Matter of fact, quite simply, did you know that your sheriff has more authority than the States in a lot of ways? Because if the constant, if the federal government yeah. says, we're going to confiscate your guns, the sheriff can say, no, not in my County. I'm a constitutionalist. Right. And so the, sheriff, people, the sheriffs swear their allegiance to the constitution. Bingo, bingo. And I think you're right. There's a lot of people who do know the constitution now it's up to us to say, Lord, here's, here's the gig. We've been in these predicaments before. We've seen this happen time again. 200 years ago, we had a 200 and some odd years ago to 40 to 50. We have a, a bunch of statesmen who are like, look, the king will not listen to us. He's put a bounty on our heads. We've tried to reach out to the king. He's trying to destroy our people. He's, he's siphoning people. Their soldiers are being quartered in our houses. They're, they're, they're killing our people, stealing our things, raping our daughters. They're doing all these ungodly things. And they decided to fight. And I think that's where we're at right now, is the fight. I keep thinking about uh, the first prayer in the Continental Congress. I'm just going to read you a portion of this. Because sure. I want you to see where their mentality was. Instead of saying, we need to fight, which is true. Mm -hmm. But this is where they were when the first Continental Congress happened. Reverend Jacob Duche prays and he says this. Oh, Lord, our Heavenly Father, high and mighty, King of kings and Lord of lords, who does from your throne behold all dwellers on the earth and reigns with power supreme and uncontrolled over all the kingdoms, empires and governments he said look down in mercy we're begging you on these american states who have fled to you from the rod of the oppressor and throw themselves on thy gracious gracious protection right there they were like forgive us lord we need your help we don't have anything else to hold on to except you and god delivered them now it took a minute but he delivered them and i think where people lose it is well what can i do i don't know what to do what can right. i do and it's like this is where we're at you can do something because here's what God promises in, in, in Psalm 33. He tells the kings, a king is not saved by a mighty army and a warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. 
nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. So what we're seeing is the government says, well, we can bomb you. It doesn't matter. President Biden came out and said, you don't have the guns to protect you against an F-15. I don't. But he did deliver David. He did deliver our American founders. He did deliver nations. Every single time, Jeremiah 29, 11, which is, well, I know the plans I have, you says the Lord, you know, all those things. Those promises were given after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. So it was even darker than where we're at right now. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm not happy about is people are saying, oh my gosh, it's so dark. Jesus is coming back. And it's like, okay, maybe, or it's our time to stand and fight. It's our time to see our kids see the power of God and teach them how to pray so God can move on their prayers. But how can we so fight? I see things like, how, huh? how can we fight? What, what would you recommend to the audience or the action steps that our audience could take? Come on, here we go. So there's one thing that we learned in 2020 that we've been talking about for years. If you guys go to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, you can find out more about this. But we have been helping people get involved in their local elections. What we found out was the local governments are now defying federal law because they can, because federal law does not supersede the states. I don't care what the 14th Amendment says, it's still illegal because that's not according to the Constitution. So we're encouraging, we've got three or four people right now running for their town council and their city councils, several people running for their school boards that I know of, um, those kind of things. The reason why is because you can help your community by staving off federal law. That's not even the law. I asked a TSA agent last weekend when I got off a plane, tell me the law that says I need to wear a mask. He's like, well, the CDC said, I'm like, but the CDC can't make law. Tell me where the law is that I need to wear a mask. And he told me I was ignorant. I said, bro, Congress only makes law. And then he got mad at me. And the white shirt at TSA, the manager, came to me and he said, you're right. Shook my hand. He said, Go, have a blessed day, sir. Because nobody ever talks about it. You know what I mean? We're not educating. So number one thing is educate yourself in the law. Understand what the rights of the citizen is. God gives you rights. Second, understand the law so we can hold public officials accountable. It's a great example, like your book, right? Once he found out his identity, he could thrive. Right. Right. He could thrive. I, I tell my kids this all the time. When they learn a new trade, uh, my, my son just learned how to mow the lawn really well and hedge trim. You know how much I pay that kid to do that? <laughs> I said I would pay a professional company, but I had to take him in steps. Once he knows, he's going to a neighbor's houses now. Hey, I, uh, I'll do this for 30 bucks. You know? <laughs> knowledge empowers He's an entrepreneur now. <laughs> hey, that's exactly right. But knowledge empowers. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed because they lack it. Knowledge empowers you. The more knowledge you have, the more I can go fight mm -hmm. and say, Lord, be on my behalf, please. So education. But three, then get involved locally. The only place it will change first is locally. We can't depend on a President Trump or anybody else to fix our states. That's on the citizen. Whom we elect is on us. That's Romans 13. It wasn't talking about submitting to un unlawful government. It was talking about submitting to godly government first because God ordains government. Right. And so we need to really get involved into our school boards as well. If you're homeschooling right now, God bless you. But there's a bunch of kids that don't have that kind of protection. So if you can spare more time and sacrifice yourself right now to go to those school boards, be a part of that, because these curriculums that are coming down the pike with LGBTQ agendas, transgenderism, they're fighting hard to get this monstrosity into kids and destroy their faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why we, we're, we're seeing more people get involved. So that's the three things I encourage people the most. You can actually win these because your influence will get you voted. <laughs> and then you have... I can say no. I can say yes. I have an influence in society and the pastors. 
you know, we're, we, we love encouraging pastors and we're excited what's happening with pastors networks and all those things. So, you know, up in this uh, area of Northern Virginia, we have um, critical race theory has been a whole big thing that they've been drumming down the uh, throats of the sure. people in the counties. And uh, some of the, te- the the parents are up in arms. Uh, the teachers, some are somebody responding. There are Christian teachers that are saying, we ain't doing this. Uh, right. And yet the school boards, which are under the authority of uh, the liberals, like the left, not even the liberal anymore, the far left, push through these critical race theory agendas because the people on the board were all, uh, I want to say, in the tank for the uh, they, for the evil, right? Yeah, so. and here at in and of itself, real quickly, and I'll say this too, you guys have, like all of us as people, all of us as people of God, let's just talk to the Christian. Let's talk to all the people who are listening and who are prophetic people, who know how to intercede and pray, all those things. You have to be willing to call out something as demonic because the times are calling for it. The CRT movement is demonic. It's anti-God. It tells people that no matter what race you are, God can't forgive you. You're automatically a racist by nature. That is doctrinally terrible and, and heretical. And if we're not willing to say that's demonic and it's from the pit of hell, mm-hmm. it won't change because people will be like, you just hate you just hate us because we like CRT. No, mm-hmm. I want that casted back into hell because that's where sure. it belongs. Right. Putting all this stuff on people and parents that have no clue. Kids are being raised up as white kids who, I mean, my wife is white. I'm full-blooded Hispanic. My wife is, and our kids are being told because you're white, you're a racist right. or you're unforgivable. Right. And then retribution goes on the people who feel like they're violated. So right. repentance doesn't go to God anymore. It's to them, right. which never ends. Right. And so this is demonic. It's ungodly. It's mm-hmm. unbiblical. And we need to be able to say it. You know, in our Bible studies in my home, uh, we talk about this very matter and that and from the biblical perspective, there's only one race. That's the human race. Come on. And then uh, the whole thought process percolating up from the abyss started happening in 1859 with Charles Darwin's, right, The Origin of Species. He was the first time ever that he uh, delineated or divided up the human race into black, white, uh, red, and yellow. And then on top of dividing it up by skin color, uh, he also implied there was a superiority of the white race and that the darker races were somehow ignorant, which is another lie on top of it. But it was all intention from the pit of hell. There is no such thing as race. I mean, called critical race theory, it's a made-up idea. It, it, really it was is. made up ideas, not even real, and it came out of hell. And it was made to divide us. And yeah. it actually is supportive of the demonic uh, sin, if you call it that, of or the demonic spirit, I should say, of prejudice. You start the prejudice is the problem. Prejudice is the spirit behind it. And it's prejudice defined by skin color. Okay. That's I mean, right. and that's, uh, that's but right. it's, it's all an illusion. It's, it doesn't, it, it's not even real. But they make That's it right. into its own false reality to pit people against each other. Um, it's actually power. That's the false part. We think we have ownership over someone else's power. <laughs> we want power and, and control and influence. Everybody in their heart at some point wants it until they're redeemed by Jesus and we see it as sin. Right. And when mm-hmm. you're talking about the races and that book, uh, the, the, the Origin of Species, there's actually a, a secondary title to that. It was called the origin of species and the preservation of favored races. And they right. took that out. 
Right. And they took that out of that book. And <laughs> there's right. a reason they did it, right? right? And so, you know, you take all these things out, you begin to use truth with a little bit of lies, like rat poison. Mm-hmm. Over time, you die. And the difference between America and other countries was they started off socialist, totalitarian. We started as a republic, slowly creeping into socialism. And it's our duty right now to intercede for our kids. I think that's the other cry for help here, or the plea that I have to people is, you know, when you became a Christian, your life is not your own. You're bought with a price. You're crucified to Christ now. But our kids will eat the fruit of what we don't do. And it was Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that said, the ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its kids. And I don't want to leave my kid a nation that's destroyed and corrupted. I want to be able to say we fought and let them eat the fruit of that. And I think that's the plea we have to have. And I think that's why you write your books. I don't think it. I know it. That's why you're putting in this, the whole stop in the spirit of confusion on these kids, because we want to leave a nation better for them. Right. The theme of the, um, why I got into this a year and a half ago, um, was, uh, something the Lord gave me Malachi four, six, that he said, the end of the age, he'll turn, that's a word, that's the verb, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father, fathers, or else I'll smite the land with a curse. Now, I don't usually add the end piece, but it's there, it's the, it's the reality of it, or the truth of it, I should say, more than reality. Uh, but their point is that's two generations. It's the fathers and the children, the children to the fathers. And it's the same thing you're describing. It's the biblical basis under which the father's heart's there because God was saying to me, and this started changing my own personal life when I became a grandfather when I was 60. Um, and uh, it's it's his perspective on things. And before we close, I would like you to share with our audience what you told me about the promises of God. Because it's, it's um, and say it out slowly, because sometimes when you give us the scriptures, uh, the audience are listening to it in the car and they may not even catch it as fast as you can speak it. So uh, it's important because these words that you're speaking are so important that if you slow down and saying it, I want them to catch the scriptures uh, so that it gets embedded into their spirit. Because this is so important that uh, we, we close our uh, podcasts with hope. And we close our podcast with much positive because we talked about a lot of negative things today and we gave them some positive things they could do, like join the school boards, um, things like that, action steps that they could take. But beyond the action steps that you and I can take in our own activities, we have to be able in our spirits to hold on to the word. And what's in the word for us that's so important at this time is the promises that God gave us. Go for let's it. Let's do it. Let's let's start. Let's just start with this one. I just said it before. Jeremiah 29. It was written to the children of Israel, God's kids, who you are now because you're grafted in mm-hmm. during the midst of a 70 year reign in Babylon where Babylon held them in captivity. So it's not just something to put on a bumper sticker. It's actually a promise from God that he will deliver you mm-hmm. through darkness. Second, let's go with another one. Isaiah three. Mm-hmm. Isaiah three says. Say unto the righteous, it'll be well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their doings. And we always neglect that last part. They will eat the fruit of their doings. If I know that it's going to be righteous with me, when you read the the verses before that, one through nine, it actually talks about how God will smite the land, take out people, their kids shall have rule over them because they weren't obedient. And this was also written during a time of captivity. And he says, but say unto the righteous, it will be well with them because they will eat the fruit 
of their doings. Mm-hmm. So if you're at home, and I know this is more like you said, people that understand the prophetic, if you're declaring God's word over your home, mm-hmm. if you're declaring God's word over a nation, if you're declaring God's word over your churches, mm-hmm. if you're declaring the blood of Jesus, you will eat the fruit of those doings mm-hmm. and God will have you in high esteem. He will say to you one day, well done, my good and faithful servant, mm-hmm. not successful. And we got to get this out of our head that we have to reach millions and everybody has to be converted mm-hmm. because God never used a majority to win his battles. Mm-hmm. It was always a, an irate, tireless minority that did it. And so here we are. That's right. The remnant. Here's another one. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Why did he write that? Again, in the midst of captivity. In the midst of captivity, he's giving his kids the promises of, because you're being obedient, I will deliver you, but I want you to learn this lesson first. I pray that through this darkness that's happening now, we're learning the lessons of don't neglect what I've told you. Mm -hmm. Be involved. Make sure you're holding people accountable because like you said, uh, brother, you you said this has been years of this central bank stuff, years of corruption, years of demonic. And yet Psalm 3 says this, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh at their plans because they said we're going to tear down his kingdoms. We're going to break their bars asunder. And God's sitting in the heavens and laughing at this because he's wanting to move. Here's one more. You guys remember in the book of Isaiah when he says that I will expand your tent pegs? You've heard those promises, prophetic words. uh, Your tent pegs are going to expand. Did you know that was written directly during their captivity? No, I didn't. So what that tells me is God's work moves better in darkness. Mm -hmm. Start thinking and praying and expanding the territory of your intercession, your Bible studies, your church programs. Get out there and get in the communities. Now start to really be involved in the communities. Through darkness, the light shines the, the, light shines the brightest. What is uh, Ecclesiastes 12? Or at the end of Ecclesiastes, he says, what is the duty of man? To fear the Lord, keep his commandments. Fear the Lord, keep his commandments. So we can get scared on what's going on, or I can trust that through history, through Bible history, American history, when it was darkest, God's promises shine brighter, and he delivered his kids. That's where the hope is. Don't get caught up in the darkness and the fear side. God That's didn't good. give us a spirit of fear, but That's power, really good. love, and a sound mind. That's really good. I mean, the promises that we hold on to, trusting God will will uh, deliver. And there's another kingdom principle, particularly when you were mentioning the second one that was just ringing in my ears when you began to say it. And that's the kingdom principle because I, I come out of the financial services industry. So I, I, oh. I think in terms of finances and economics and the kingdom principle that I remembered from them, but it's a, also applicable to anything, is the concept of seed, plant and harvest. Come on. And the seed is the words that we speak and we plant the words. You know, a farmer, when he plants the seed, he doesn't bring the rain. <laughs> he doesn't bring the sunshine. He doesn't bring anything, which is the process that the planting does. He just plants it, right? And God does the rest of the process. But the last thing that happens in seed, plant, the last third thing, action step, is harvest. The harvest is the fruit of it. Now, the Lord showed me, and this is something prophetically for our audience, that there's at the, we're at the brink of two harvests. The one harvest is the seed plant harvest that evil has done. They're going to harvest what they have planted. and The tares. The tares. And there's going to be a harvest of the wheat. So we need to be on that side of speaking what is true. Bingo. Because 
that will be the good harvest. You got a bad harvest or the harvest of the bad, the harvest of the good. And we need to focus on what that is and just in the, be present minded, not worried about the future, but being in the moment, trusting the promises of God that God has for us. Yeah. My wife did something quickly last night. She was talking about worship. And the Bible says that in Matthew that those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. But we always use the spirit part and forget this truth part. John 17 says, sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. When you know his word, you understand your identity in Jesus. So when you worship him, I can say, Lord, your word says, and I know this of me to you. And there's this beautiful worship time with God and you through music, through prayer, whatever you can worship with God because I trust wholeheartedly in his word. And what is the word saying is, I think it was Exodus when he said, some men trust in horses, some men trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of the living God to the Psalms actually. And so I don't want to trust in my flesh. We don't have the power capable enough to stop governmental destruction. Christ can turn their hearts. If he did it with Pharaoh, he could do it with this. And I believe that with all my heart. Is it end times? We don't know when he's coming back. Obviously we're in those times. We don't know when he's coming back, so why don't we get busy about the Lord's service and save souls mm-hmm. and be the light of Jesus and watch him deliver his kids, because he will. Very good. Well, Massey, I thank you for this time that you've given us. I think we're reaching the point where uh, we need to bring this to closure. Cool. And we want to thank um, our audience. Now, share with our audience again. Before we actually share it, I want you to tell the audience, why did you name your ministry Self-Evident Truth? It's a great question. I don't know really, but I did find this out. The word self-evident in kid terms means duh. <laughs> in other words, duh truths. They're, they're self-evident presuppositional truths. God creates us with rights. Rights come from him. That's it. So, um, And if you want to find out more about us, you can go to, uh, like I said, theselfevidenttruth.com, which is our website. We also have a secondary site which has, has our curriculum. It's theselfevidenttruth.teachable.com. Hmm. Got all the curriculums on there, great. which is great. And then we have another one called 1776truth.store. And there's yeah. a bunch of stuff there, too, that you can get some resources on and stuff like that. So we appreciate the time, bro. Seriously, thank you. Well, you're welcome. And I, I do, was ringing in my ears when you said it, I remembered our founding fathers said, we hold these truths to be truth. self-evident. Right? So can you imagine them in a room? We hold these truths to be, duh, all men are created equal. <laughs> right. So them, to them, God was real. Right. And that's it's, why we it's have it. the only constitution in the history of the world that was based upon the fact that God gave, uh, God gives the, the the people, we the people, have the power to create government, right? Not the government doesn't give the power to the people; the people give the power to the government. And we got that ass backwards, if I can use that expression today, the way they have it. I hope they don't, well, FCC doesn't find me for using that word. But anyway, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm not religious, so I can say, I'll use my, my Irish upbringing from uh, some of those words. Irish. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, good. So anyway, the uh, the other thing I'd like to share with the audience is go look at our new website, the Father's Heart website which is called the Father's Heart Media. I mean, I had the word media because I realized that we're in four different forms of media and soon to be even more than that. Uh, the Father's Heart Media.com. Also, you can support the distribution of our media at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash the Father's Heart. So we um, trust you. We've given you some good things to encourage you today. 
And we want to bless you in the name of God the Father. Amen. Amen.